Hey guys, this is Tanya for Yudteshvat. Sorry, I'm late. Um, Baruch Hashem. I had an amazing experience the past few days. I was with my friend in the hospital. She had a baby, and I was with her for a few days after in the hospital. Um, just helping her, helping her with the baby. We were there through Shabbos, and just quite literally one of the most amazing experiences of my entire life, or perhaps the most amazing experience. Um, I think I think it's going to come up a lot in Tanya <laughs> over the next few days. She told me, she's like, I have a feeling you're going to be talking about my baby for the next few days in Tanya. I'm like, yes, I definitely will be. <laughs> um, thank you, Hashem, for gifting me with this experience. Um, blessing everybody who is desiring a child of their own to find, to have a baby. That's that simple. Literally just ASAP now. Achshav, um, you should hold your own baby in your own arms. Um, anyways, one of the main things, just quick, and I'll start telling you, but I was thinking, I'm like, the only person who's reading, this, who's listening to this Tanya, is somebody who's like really wants to listen to every single one. So I'm just going to let myself actually, I, I'm i not going to go so in-depth, but I'm going to do the best I can. Um, I just don't want to keep pushing it off because I, I want it to end up happening. Um, this one thing that was just so amazing that I was noticing about the baby is like, like, when you see a baby a minute after they're born, or an hour after they're born, two hours after they're born, like it's like you're just so aware that this baby, this this person, was not here before. Like, like he literally was not born before. He was not in this world an hour ago, and now suddenly he's here. And it's like it's just so obvious. Like, wow, Hashem literally just brought him into this world. <laughs> Like, I was just thinking, like, imagine, I don't know, imagine if we could see ourselves like that. Like, right now, Hashem is choosing for me to be alive in this world and choosing for you to be alive in this world. Just like that baby. Like, there is so much. Oh, my gosh. Also, like, everything I was just noticing, like, everything that we've been talking, we've talked about, this is a lot in Tanya, like, with about attachment theory and how the Nefesh Bahamas, you know, the biggest thing that it needs is attachment because it believes that it's separate. And, like, you saw this baby just, like, wants you, just wants you. And, like, it's like, one day you're going to grow up. And, I mean, God of Lakes is going to be here. But, like, one day your Nefesh Bahamas is going to get to learn from his Nefesh kiss that it's not alone. And that it's not just stranded in this life, but that it's part of the unity. And, like, that the whole purpose of creation is for it to discover that it's part of the unity. And, like, it was whatever. Obviously that was all just in my mind in reality i was just so zen holding this baby oh i love him <laughs> anyways okay um today's tanya well friday's tanya it's the last part of chapter 25 um this is the end you could say of chapter of part one of tanya um we still have the other half of the Marim, but this is the last part of kind of understanding how it's kikar velacha, how it's actually close to us that we have this, that we have the ability to live from the space of soul. 
to live from the space uh, inside of us that, you know, sees the higher vision of reality instead of just the lower vision, instead of just what it looks like. Um, and then after this, we're going to start talking about now that we know, now that we know that we are, now we know who we are, now that we know that we're people who are meant to be Bainanim, which means people who can hold the fullness of our human experience, all of our parts, and see all of our parts from the lens of self, from the lens of soul, from the lens that sees everything as part of the unity, including all of our parts. <laughs> um, the question is now, how do I engage? You know, you know, if if the altar told us that we're meant to be tzaddikim and that we're meant to get rid of all of our parts and never feel sad, never feel anxious, never feel lonely, never feel jealous, don't feel all of it, don't never, 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 then this would be the end of Tanya because the answer if something comes up is just to say, go away. But we're going to see that that's not the Alter answer. The Alter has literally been telling us for the past 25 chapters that you're not broken for having feelings. <laughs> like You're not broken for being not this perfect quote-unquote godly spiritual person. Like The fact that you have anxiety and all these things and, and, and stuff, parts that say different things, it's not because you're broken, it's because it's meant it's it's who you're meant to be. You know, who you're meant to be is somebody that these things come up for. Um, and now you know that you also have a soul though. That's what this all these chapters was about. You also have a soul, and the soul is really real, and she has the ability to actually have an effect on your life for real. For real. <laughs> it's kikarish that it could have an effect on your life. Not rachuk, it's not far. It could actually have an effect on your life. And Today we're going to talk about one more meditation that you can use to understand how it could actually really affect your life. Um, but then going forward, it's, it's almost like the author was telling us now, okay, so if I know that my parts aren't meant to die, and I also know that I have a soul that can actually lead my parts, how do I navigate that space? What does it look like for my soul to navigate my internal world? Um, and so we're going to go through the different parts that come up, sadness, jealousy, fear, all these things that are going to come up. And Altarab is going to be teaching us how the soul, how from a space of soul, from the space of self that we've just discovered is actually close to us, we can actually, um, we can actually guide our parts <laughs> into, you know, into reflecting unity, into reflecting Hashem. So, it's very late, by the way, I don't know if you can hear my voice, it's literally 1.30 a.m. and I haven't slept in like three days. <laughs> So I think we're going to do this chapter today, um, even though part of part two is tomorrow, we're going to do part of part one and part two tomorrow. Baruch Hashem, thank you Hashem for allowing me to know that you are not a God of streaks, you know, constant creation one day at a time. It's literally, 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 like, you know, you basically never have to be mad at yourself. Okay, I'm going to do it kind of basic inside, I hope that's okay. And yeah, here we go. Okay, so Ella Shalom. So we just said before that the unity that happens with Hashem when we do a Torah, when we do mitzvahs, is literally infinite and beyond time. Um, and so we have access to this energetic space inside of us of soul. Alter was telling us that like literally you have this like light surging inside of you that can cause you to like able to jump up like a lion at any moment to be part of the unity because it just constantly wants it and it's like i want to be with hashem 
Um, so of course you want to jump up and do the mitzvah and learn Torah with vigor and all these things, you know, because you want, this is what you want. And that those moments of that energy, it actually is something that's eternal. But then Alter continues and he says, Ela Shalomata, who, this just, sorry, one more disclaimer, this ta- this past last bit of Tanya is a little bit, there's like a few different parts to it. So I'm not going to kind of, I'm not going to be overly emphasizing the flow, even though there is a flow. Um, because when I learned it before, I understood a little bit more, but now I don't remember exactly the flow, first of all, and also, um, I'm too tired to (laughs) teach for very long right now, and to fully continue to figure it out, so, a suggestion if you want to know the exact flow to listen to Jesse Gordon, I mean Josh Gordon, okay, wow, Baruch Hashem. But down below in our world, yes, it's true that this light that shines might be infinite up there, but here, time has a space. Time, one moment I'm engaged in Tara study, the next moment I'm not. So, one moment I'm engaged with Tara study, the next moment I'm engaged with something that is literally the opposite of the unity. And again, that doesn't necessarily mean not Tara. That means something that is literally not reflecting of Hashem's unity. So it goes away. The light goes away. Nevertheless, there's always the possibility for Teshuvah. And afterwards, when I return to Avedis Hashem, I can always do teshuva and Hashem always forgives. If one didn't do a positive mitzvah and he did teshuva, he is forgiven, meaning the teshuva actually heals what was. For this, there was um, ordained. <laughs> that we say it three times a day, forgive us. So there's always a mitzvah we're not doing. Technically, mitzvah of bitol tarah, it's basically impossible to not con- to not be to not do that avera. So you could say that we're constantly in this flow of, you could say sinning and repenting, or you can say not reflecting the unity, and then coming back to an even stronger space of, yes, this is what I want. Yes, this is what I want. Yes, this is who I am. Yes, this is what life is. You know, why would I ask Hashem for to, for, to forgive me? What is forgive, What is my saying? Saying, Tush of, hey, I'm saying I want to come back to the truth of actual life. So this is not the same thing as somebody who says, I'll sin and then I'll repent. Because somebody who says, I'll sin and then I'll repent. What they're saying is that I'll sin today so that I can repent tomorrow. And that kind of person, I learned this from Josh Gordon today. He was very cool what he said. He said that the reason why that kind of teshuva doesn't work, what it says about that kind of teshuva is that if you say, I'm going to sin today, so I can teshuva tomorrow, then Hashem doesn't give you the opportunity to do teshuva. And he was saying that if you think about it, that's a very practical thing. If you say, I'm going to be lazy today, and I'll do the thing, I'll do what I want to do tomorrow. Why doesn't it? It never works. Having that perspective, it never allows you to actually do the thing that you want to do, because 
tomorrow never comes. <laughs> There's no such thing as tomorrow. It's always only today. So if you're saying, I'm going to do it, I'm going to you know, be lazy today so I can be proactive tomorrow you never have the opportunity to be proactive because there's never really a tomorrow when you're just relying on tomorrow. It's a very deep thought, which, yeah, very cool. Um, it means blessing us all to find life in today instead of waiting for tomorrow because literally tomorrow never comes. Okay, so just quick, this is the last part of today's Tanya. The Altarb is going to talk to us about why, what we learned from Shema Yisrael. So just in quick, Shema Yisrael is, in Shema Yisrael, we literally are saying, with our whole heart, with our whole might. And I believe Rashi says that this means even that you would give up your life for the unity of Hashem. And the question is, why did Moshe teach this to be? This was one of the things that Moshe taught to people before they went into Eretz Yisrael. But like, they, as they were going into Eretz Yisrael, they were not about to give up their life for Hashem. Hashem literally told everybody, you're going to be able to, you know, the enemies are going to be afraid of you. So why, you know, what, what was Moshe saying? And essentially what Moshe was saying is that this aspect of being aware that we have to give up, that we will and that we can and that we would give up our lives for Hashem isn't only about doing that. It's the fact that a Jew does the Messias Nefesh is kind of like Avraham. You know, Akiva did Messias Nefesh because he wanted Messias Nefesh. Avraham did Messias Nefesh because he desired the unity of Hashem. And that was his mission, to be one with the unity of Hashem. And so if Messias Nefesh happened, Messias Nefesh happened. And Messias Nefesh is essentially the expression of a Jew saying, I refuse to be somebody who doesn't live in alignment with the unity of God. I refuse. I refuse. I, I am somebody who's, who wants the unity of Hashem. And any moment that I'm not reflecting that, it's only because we're living in Rakshas and we're living in a perspective that says that, oh, you know, this isn't actually not reflecting the unity. This is whatever, except fill in the blank. But it's all Rakshas. But in truth, a Yid, a Jew who has a soul, the soul desires the unity. The soul desires to live in alignment with truth and live in alignment with the deep knowing that she's one with Hashem's love and that everything around her is two, you know? And to express that through mitzvahs and through connectivity and through self-love, <laughs> through Tara, through davening, through therapy... <laughs> Um, but it's Kikarev, the, the thing that's Kikarev here is Altar is saying that when you meditate on the fact that you have this soul inside of you that would literally convince you that you should give up your life in order to be part of the unity, that's, it's inside of you. And when you say Shema, you can take a moment to, to tap into that. I have a commandment that I should give up my life for God. That commandment is a reflection of my natural desire that I would do anything to be a part of the unity. It's all I want in this lifetime to be in the Shema Yisrael, to be in the Hashem Echad of life. That's all I am and it's all I want. And when I tap into that space, it's like, wow, okay. 
whew, I can breathe. I can breathe in the space. I can breathe from the space. And now from the space, how do I see my life? From the space, what does my life look like? Um, what does my life look like? And that's going to lead straight into the next chapter of, and the rest of Tanya, which is how do I navigate my life once I have access to this space? You know? So, okay. It was so this is why Mesha said that gave this mitzvah to the people right before they went into the into Eretz um, Yisroel to say Shema twice, specifically to acknowledge that they will serve Hashem in a way of Mesiras Nefesh. They were already promised that Hashem is going to protect them and that the fear of heaven is going to be on all the enemies. So why did they name Mesiras Nefesh? True fulfillment of Tara Mitzvah, meaning the truest expression of me living in alignment with Hashem. Talai is dependent on this she is what is it dependent on she is that to be constantly aware of my own readiness to give up my life for god for the unity of god meaning all i want is to be part of this unity that it should be ingrained and fixed in my heart constantly Day and night, it should not leave my mind. That's why we say Shema in the morning and we say Shema at night because independent of what life looks like, my soul is here. Independent of what part is overwhelming me right now, my soul has the ability to shine forth and say, Hi. <laughs> hi. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I see you're part of the unity too. All I want is the unity and part of the unity includes you. And this is how. A person is able to stand against negative opposite, meaning I can actually now look at the part of me. I can look at my yitzer, my yitzer. I can look at the part of me that says, this is what it looks like, so this is what it is. The natzchai, to be victorious over it, to look at it and say, I see you, and I see you're a part. You are not the fullness of who I am. I can do this any moment of any day, as written above. So Chaim. It was a big deal to finish Paraclafe. Blessing us all to see that, you know, we have a self, capital S self, you know. Neshama is actually a real part of who I am. It's not just a foreign force inside of me. I have an aspect of me that is surging with light and with Orin Sof, Mamish, Nefesh, Alekis, Chelek, Alekami, Mamish. And that from this space of soul, you know, the space of soul refuses to not live in the unity. It refuses, simply. It will give up its life to be part of the unity. So, l'chaim to us, having a small bit of das, um, of internalizing that this is this force inside of me is, A, it's a force to be reckoned with, <laughs> but B, it's who I am. It's who I am. I want to be part of the unity. That doesn't mean that I leave my life. You know, the next chapter, literally, Dalter was saying, okay, so now what about sadness? Let's talk about sadness. Why? Why does this lead into talking about sadness? And it's because when I actually access this space that says, I have this soul inside of me that wants to live in part, that wants to live in the unity, then it's like, wow, so I actually can look at my life. 
I actually can look and say, wow, if I so desire to be part of the unity, then that means that I desire that every single part of me is part of the unity too. So let me look at my sadness and let me look at my jealousy and let me look at my fear and let me look at all of it. Because from the space of soul, no part of me gets left behind. No part of me gets left behind. So the first part of me that we're going to look at is our sadness. It's Parachafav. I'm very excited. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening. I apologize that I kind of feel like I was sleeping. <laughs> I literally feel like I was just sleep talking this whole thing. But um, but yeah, I also believe in what I just said. So thank God. I actually didn't even realize, I'll be honest, I didn't even really realize what was happening <laughs> until I started talking. But it makes so much sense that this kikarev leads straight into this second part of Tanya where you deal with all the parts. It's like first you learn that you have a self now this, and that the self actually doesn't not like the parts but that the self actually wants to engage with the parts because the self knows that the parts are also part of the unity. And then the rest of Tanya is let's deal with the parts. Let's talk about them. <laughs> let's invite them in to join in the unity to reflect Hashem too. It's pretty clear. Uh, so thank you Hashem for making that clear.